Yeah, we're going to go around the okay. circle. Around the the table. Drive so how's it going to work? So I'm just going to say so, hello and welcome. Yeah, I'll drive. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well just do the TV show, is what we're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> The Barney and Professor podcast. This is the very first one. Barney, welcome to your own podcast. Thank you very much, Professor. This is good to be finally uh, just on the internet um, by it's choice. exciting, yeah. <laughs> um, Most of my stuff on the internet, uh, whew, look, I don't authorise it. Nothing to do with me. They were ex-girlfriends. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, we need you to tell the story about the email that you got. <laughs> as well, which we'll bring that up a little bit later. Yeah, I got an um, email. Yeah, an amazing email. Um, now, obviously, the reason for doing this podcast is everybody's doing it. Yes. Um, there's currently more podcasters than humans, I believe. There's about 7.6 billion podcasts. Mm. Um, and we're, we're ready to go. We're pumped. We love sport. It's going to be all about sport. Yes. Um, and what basically what the podcast is going to be is we're going to take a sporting moment from the week, something that's happened that's in either inspired people or made people laugh, and then we're going to use that to dig deep into the sporting annals. <laughs> which, you uh, love getting deep into an annal. I love getting deep yeah. into a sporting annal, and that's what we're going to do. Um, now, the other thing we're going to start each podcast with, Barney, is a five-star review. We're just going to read out a five-star review. This is apparently going to encourage people to go on and leave us five-star reviews. So uh, this is uh, five-star review, Indian Home Diner. Uh, great Indian food. They sell curry and naan bread like a kebab. That was David Weechert. Uh, first time I stopped there, I was pissed and it was a great I night. I think it's so, supposed to be a review of our podcast. Well, we have, this is the first podcast, so there are no five-star reviews. Okay. So Indian Home Diner. Congratulations, you got a free there hit. there on Oxford Street. Give yourself a crack. Now, um, there's already a one-star review, though. <laughs> that, that's yeah. from, from you? Are you giving us a one-star review, Nick? Uh, just coming in, yeah, coming in hot um, with that little little tidbit there. <laughs> this, this is another voice you're going to be hearing on our radio, which is on our radio, on our podcast. <laughs> God, I'm old. <laughs> on our show, which is uh, the wireless. Is, the wireless, is Nick Ratto. Um, who, if you watch our television show, mm. Nick is our resident Kiwi. Yes. Um, it's the, either the Night Watchman, which we're doing at the moment, is our yeah. cricket one, and, and Nick, you are representing a very shit cricket team at the moment. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that's over, to be honest, um, the whole cricket situation. I think we're going to... We're just going to not do it anymore as a country. No more cricket? No. I think we're just going to – we need some time away from the game as a country. <laughs> Spend time with your families. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, we Refocus. Need, yeah, yeah, we need a mental break uh, from what's just happened. And yeah. I think we'll come back in 2022. I think you guys had a mental break shortly after the start of the first test, didn't you? It was yeah. just it was cruise did. control after that. Well, it's Very uh, you'll hot. all be suffering a bit of PTSD mm. after that one. Mm. Uh, now, the other voice you're going to hear is Tommy Tuxedo – who, if you w watch our show, Tommy is the incompetent producer who just stay keeps a job here. I don't know how. And now he's doing our podcast. Tommy. Hey, guys. How are we? We uh, good? Uh, Tommy, you're in charge of this podcast, mate. You've done all the research. Um, it could go anywhere. Let's face it. <laughs> I, actually just, I actually just gave myself a one-star review. So, <laughs> what, for the week of work that you Yeah, done? exactly. <laughs> That's actually generous. Uh, now, our topic this week, Tommy, you've brought us something very good. What have you got for us? So, in the light of uh, Glenn Phillips, the the young uh, batsman for New Zealand, yes. we are doing the best and worst debuts in sport. Okay. Now, this is also based on the fact that it's our podcasting debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this could be a good debut, it could be a shocking debut, or it mm. could be a lucky debut like Glenn Phillips. Correct. Which uh, we also... Well-crafted debut, I would say. Well-crafted. Let's talk. <laughs> so, on, on two, he got... Dropped by Gary, mm -hmm. by Nathan Lyon. Mm. On 17, yeah. he got dropped by Nathan Lyon. Mm -hmm. On 28, he got caught by Travis Head on the boundary. Mm. But James Pattinson overstepped the mark. Mm. Ends up with 52 runs. That's not lucky. That's well, no, because you've got to play to your field. And it's like, you know, when you don't run <laughs> off someone who's right-handed throwing in, um, you can hit it to those players because you know they're going <laughs> to drop it. <laughs> It's clever of him. You just aim for Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Clever of him to spot that uh, Pattinson had overstepped too. Just go, just go right. You know, I can really go after this one. Yeah. No, he, he played it straight to the field. He like did. literally to the field. Now, yeah. it's an amazing story, 
Tommy, because he was sunning himself on a beach, I believe, when he got the phone call. Yeah, mm. correct. He was on holiday. Uh, and he got a phone call saying that you got to get on this flight. Uh, you've been called up into the test squad for the third test. Mm. So rub off the, the baby oil and get yourself to the airport. And he uh, he was given a very small time frame to get to the airport. And if he'd missed the flight, he probably wouldn't have played. And also as well, he, they, New Zealand cricket didn't have enough money to get a checked bag for him. So he only had to bring his carry-on luggage. So <laughs> all of the gear he was playing with was all was borrowed, borrowed. Yeah, right. I did see when Is he that actually out, true? No. Well, <laughs> no when he walked out to bat, they swapped boxes. Well, actually, if you actually look at the uh, TV footage, they didn't swap it in the change rooms. They actually had to do it when they changed ends. So they only had one, <laughs> box. one box out there. <laughs> yeah. The New Zealand Zealand box. Yeah. Um, a couple of interesting things about Glenn Phillips. Um, he'd only ever played three games of cricket. And, uh, ever. Yeah, ever. And uh, well, I read he'd never actually had a bat. So well, No, he, I think the story is, because he was up at, how do I pronounce this, Tofranui Beach, or uh, north of Auckland? Nick? Yes, that's the one. Yep. Tofranui. Um, he was body surfing. Mm. Um, when they, uh, but apparently he played a game of beach cricket just before that. Right, that counted and he, as one he of looked, those. Um, he looked like he had good form. Okay. And, uh, he knocked one into the surf. So he had been batting? He had been batting. Okay, fantastic. So not yeah, uh, not on an official pitch. Or well, because no. he actually scored 100, but it was only off one shot because he hit into the water. <laughs> oh, is that the rules, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and, uh, you're generous over in New Zealand. <laughs> no, no. no for in the surf. No, because he kept on running because they couldn't... They couldn't no, <laughs> the, 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 tide, the tide was going out. The tide took it. They actually ended up in the next beach. So. Uh, that's Paul, Paul got caught in a rip. <laughs> now, now, in oh, You would say that was very lucky, but, you know, well that played. Is, that's <laughs> played to his field. Yeah. Uh, now, in light of how well Glenn Phillips did, I thought today we would go round the circle as mm. a group and we'd we'd break ourselves into four little categories. Mm. Um, I've given mm. you this as a bit of a, a bit of homework overnight. Um, mm. thanks, for, thanks for sending it through so late too. I was, <laughs> I was really excited about that at 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> uh, what, t- what hours do you work? I do normally do a 10 till about 2am. Now, our, uh, <laughs> I've, I've labelled it as our favourite debut, debut mm. stories. That's our yep. first one. Second one is most shocking debut that led to a great career. Yep. Uh, fourth, third one is amazing debut that led to an amazing career, and finally terrible debut, and the person was never heard of again. So we're going to just going to go around and um, and toss up our favourites, and then I think at the end, Tommy, we might decide whether this <laughs> whether this old podcast, which where that debut places in those four categories, perfect, absolutely. You happy with that? Just before we get oh, going, God, here we oh, go. No. Is it is it debut or is it debut? It's debut, debut, it's debut. Mm. Debut. No, what debut. do you say? I or say debit. I don't know. Debit. That's a that's a debit card. Oh, so You're that's an eye. Mm. That's an eye. I've, I've got a terrible debit. <laughs> what do you say? I say debut. debut. Yeah. This might be this a an English Kiwi thing, thing and uh, the fact that you're incredibly wealthy thing. Yes. <laughs> the silver spoon in your ass thing and a Kiwi thing and then just two regular blokes. <laughs> the worst <laughs> <blokes. laughs> Two normal, and average blokes. Two voices of the people. That's right. Um, well, let's, let's get started. Our favourite... Uh, D-butt stories, debut. Um, who would like to kick us off? Barney, I'll, would you I'll like to off. off you go. Okay. I've got to say, keeping it in the realm of cricket, my favourite debut story, uh, great Australian finger spinner, off spinner, Peter Taylor. Oh, yes. God. Now, he debuted uh, against England, 1987. Uh, he was 30. Um, he looked about 45 mm. and looked like he'd been teaching geography for about six months. Mm. Um, he was picked out of the blue. He'd only played six first-class matches, which at the age of 30... At, the, at that point, no. Well, it's better than I was at the age of 30, but um, I'd never played a test match for Australia. So he, you, you would have thought, no, this guy's probably never going to play for Australia. He goes on, gets the call up. The media were either calling him Peter Who or there was a, <laughs> there was a conspiracy theory that the selectors had meant to pick Mark Taylor, um, the New South Wales oh, opening batsman. Really? And they <laughs> yes. put the wrong name down. And they put the wrong name down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they picked the off spinner by mistake. Um, but he went on, went out there against England, uh, took six for 78 uh, in the first innings, um, uh, ended up with eight for, for the match, man of the match performance. Um, and, yeah, went on to play uh, well, another 12 tests after that. So not a long 
or a <laughs> great career. But considering he started at 30, that's not that too bad. That is bad, yeah. Mm. Um, but he also from there went on, he was, um, I don't know if you remember, he was our sort of one-day uh, Mr Reliable spin. He was very good, yeah. For basically in the early 90s. I think, I think out of all the superheroes, that would be the worst title, Mr Reliable. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's, he's the You're superhero right. that didn't wear a cape either. Because I don't know if you've, um, if you're listening at home, Google Peter Taylor, because he's uh, he looks exactly. Yeah, an like interesting run up. He did deliver. Can, you, can you do it now for us? I don't yeah, know if you can see us. Big skip. Yeah. And, uh, like he brings his hands. It was together. joyful, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was like he was so happy to be there. He was like right. a sprite. He was. <laughs> it was said that his action was uh, deliberately rhythmical in nature. Oh. Uh, it involved him swinging his bowling arm, joining hands, and he swung forward to complete the loop. So it sounds very sort of that, like. Interpretive dance. Well, that's like. it. That's, that's what the right. Russian judge said. Anyway, <laughs> so this is what you're going to be doing, Tommy. Just a little bit of info. You've obviously done more research than the rest of us. I'll just chip in when I feel like you guys have failed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you needed to chip in at that point. <laughs> he was. Um, he was also known as the Skipper's Banker. It's uh, how reliable he was in uh, in the which one day. Was days. rhyming slang. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Nick, the Tipper's you, Banker. <laughs> Did you? Is that? Are we done with Peter Taylor? Yeah, Peter That's Taylor. Very good. Do you want to go next, Nick? Yeah, or would you sure. Like to... I'm going to go it's quite far back, um, the greatest uh, debut. Um, I'm going to go back to 1903. Um, of course, we all know where we were when that test was happening. Mm. Between um, It was the first Ashes test ever. And it was a guy called Tip Foster or Reginald Erskine Foster, known as Tip. I uh, was called up for the England's Winter Ashes Tour. Um, it said that he would have appeared for his country sooner if it wasn't for quote-unquote business commitments. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means. But I don't know if you get a call up from your national team and go, hey, uh, can you play? And I'm like, well, I think could, that, I, could I do it in three months? I think that's why Jeet Raval's not playing the next tour uh, New Zealand yeah. playing. <laughs> He's got business commitments. Well, the financial year is looming. And he's an accountant. <laughs> well, so. and Williamson as well. He was an accountant. Is the whole team accountants, Nick? I think, yeah. It's the only... Because obviously in New Zealand, we go off, uh, hey, you're pretty good with numbers. Cricket's a lot about numbers. And um, you have to, you know, that if they weren't in cricket, they'd probably be in darts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only two or a wicketkeeper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a safe Yes, you're hand. right. Sorry, how many? Four wicketkeepers. Four wicketkeepers and three accountants. So. Yeah. We, <laughs> okay, we may have got that wrong. We maybe needed um, someone who could bowl. But, yeah, probably um, a cricketer. <laughs> someone who wasn't playing beach cricket the week before. Mm. Um, but he made his debut and um, he scored 200. 87 runs, which was more than the entire Australian innings of 285, and uh, they were all out for 577. Just hold on, just hold on. Mm-hmm. Now that checks out. Sorry, just had to do the maths on that. 287 <laughs> is higher than 285. You'd be great in the New Zealand cricket team. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, it was off 419 balls and 37 boundaries. It was an amazing, um, amazing uh, debut. That's not a bad rate for that. No, that's that very good. Back so then, you were they strike were rates. You were around. 15, weren't they? They were untimed tests too, so there was no there was no real hurry to get Well, he had to get back to business. He probably had a 9 o'clock meeting the next <laughs> <Yeah>. morning. <laughs> Can we get this over with, guys? I've got business commitments. He's got business commitments to get yeah, into. brunch. Um, <laughs> I just want a couple more things before we get off him, but um, Foster's only man who to have captained England at both cricket and football. He scored three goals and five appearances for the English football team. And then this is a weird stat, but he passed away at the age of 36 due to severe diabetes. You can have it severely. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, back then... I'm guessing it's type 1, not type <laughs> yeah, 2. Yeah, I don't think back <laughs> then they... <laughs> it wasn't, well, he's he wasn't definitely a relative of mine then. <laughs> type 2, all your relatives. I didn't realise it was an English guy we were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't want that, mate. If oh, we're right. going to be doing... Okay. We're doing stuff, we're not doing English guys, if Just that's okay. Edit, okay. edit okay, that out. Yeah. Phil. <laughs> I thought he was an Aussie the whole time. All <laughs> oh, right. Typical he actually Kiwi. might be a relative of mine. Seriously? Because yeah, oh, you, you're Tom I, I'm Erskine. Tom Erskine, so... So Reginald Erskine, and he may, and he's English. So my mm. parents are English. So he could be, he could genuinely be a relative. Okay. Of mine. The only flaw to that is that Erskine was his middle name. <laughs> 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 so I don't know how Just, your guys' family works. Yeah, uh, it's not a bad theory though. You'll claim anything. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only good sportsman we ever produced. <laughs> uh, but that's him. That was a great debut. Two hundred and eighty-seven on debut. Not too bad.
Not too bad on debut. Can I just Fantastic. ask, you thought <laughs> yeah. it was an Australian bloke. Well, Did he say English at the start? Well, the he said... The Ashes is Australia versus England. And it was the winter tour um, yep. of... Uh, but you... He said he scored 287 more than Australia's entire time. I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's when, you, no, no, that's when it twigged, but I didn't interrupt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to jump in. When he said that, I was like, oh, my God. How good is this it guy? Was, <laughs> he's got two extra runs from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Business commitments he might be handing over envelopes with cash in them. Yeah. You don't know. Sort of business. Does it, just before we start, has anybody else got any debut stories that involve English cricketers? No. No, God, no. <laughs> Just got to double check. Good, 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 good. Otherwise, we'd be calling this whole thing off. Would you like me to go next, Tommy? Yeah, you go, go you go. Uh, I want to bring up a cyclist, if I may. Mm. Eddie Merckx is his name, a, a Belgian cyclist. Is he related to um, Thirsty? Thirsty Merckx. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, no, Merckx is his last name. Oh, OK, right. <laughs> Tommy's about to say, I, oh, he might have made my car because I drive a Merckx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't drive it. To me. Tommy wouldn't drive a Merc, it's a Jaguar. <laughs> it's a very nice car. Uh, What's now, the number plate? <laughs> now, while I, well, the reason I'm bringing him up is yeah, in 1969, great, he yeah. made his debut in the Tour de France and he bloody won it. <gasps> That's not a year. bad start. That isn't a bad wow. start. Um, a Belgian guy, he's regarded as the greatest. Basically, the greatest cyclist of all time because he was both track and uh, velodrome stuff. Sorry, road and track. Yep. Um, at one point, Tommy, you were telling me that in that 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 '69 uh, Tour de France, he was one of the. He's the only, I believe, the only cyclist to ever hold all three jerseys at the same time. So, wow. the polka dot jersey for King of the Mountain, the yellow leaders jersey. And also the green jersey for for points. Um, and then he and handed them out to the guy. Then he handed them out, but he had an eighteen minute lead, which is also one of the h- biggest leads in in Tour de France history. But I'm the, just I'm wondering how you wear all three jerseys at once. Well, and back then as well, in 1969, they were actually woolen jerseys. <laughs> they so were he was wearing very three sweaty woolen. <laughs> yeah, this is pre climate change, guys. It was, it was much cooler back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing with him is. This, the reason why he's regarded as one of the most successful riders is he only got caught three times in doping. <laughs> which, that I is mean, that magical. Is, um, also, a little tidbit, his nickname was called The Cannibal. And it was suggested that one of his uh, teammates said he was The Cannibal because he wouldn't let anybody else win. Wow. Right. And he ate four of his mates. <laughs> yeah, he did. There was the eating of the people. Team. That's why he, why he had an 18 minute lead because he ate second, third. <laughs> there, was a, there was another great Tour de France rider named the Uniball, I believe. Yes. <laughs> was he uh, a four point pin? <laughs> no, he just had one nut. Oh, Are we, yeah. uh, Lance Armstrong. Lance oh, Armstrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, whatever happened to him? Uh, d- don't know. I've, uh, last I saw, yeah, he was sitting on a lounge under the sixth frame yeah, yellow yeah, jersey. Yeah. He's living strong. Can we just talk quickly about what we think about cyclists? Okay. Okay. That's sure. the main reason I picked this bloke. Right. Do you think they should pay Rego on our roads? Why are we oh. paying Rego and they're not? Well, they do because they they do pay a tax because they're the only ones who buy muffins on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> and they're quite overpriced. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, search it's Sundays and public point. holiday yeah. surcharge. Yeah. What about them gathering out the front of cafes and you can't get past them and yeah. and they're wearing those stupid shoes with uh, metal on the bottom uh, of them where they that does my head in. Uh, when you hear them clip clop, they yeah, sound like a bloody spilling yeah, their little Shetland ponies. Lattes. And you can count their testicles too, just quietly. Yeah. Middle aged men just stuffed into lycra. <laughs> You're not a professional. You're, <laughs> You're not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, just a little tidbit on the Tour de France. Uh, while I was reading through it, I was looking at the best cheaters. Yeah. And we may have all heard this story, but the best cheater of all time, 1904, is a Frenchman. Um, I've can't remember his name, but he cheated in the Tour de France by what he did was he tied a piece of string to a car and then he put a bit of cork on the end of the string and then he bit onto the piece of cork and it pulled him along. So when we're having a crack at Lance Armstrong, we need to remember what else was going on, all right? I feel like that's the worst way to cheat. Well, you know how he got caught? People could see the string. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he had no teeth. And the, sh- yeah. <laughs> and the champagne was flooded in minutes. <laughs> anyway, they went to do the podium. Yeah. They shook it up. We hang on. Oh, there's nothing in here. <laughs> that was old Eddie Thirsty Merks. Um, Tommy, have you got one there? Yeah, I've got a quick one here. Uh, mine's an Australian, uh, unlike mm. Nick's. Um, it was Edwin Flack, who was Australia's first ever Olympic athlete. Um, he attended the first uh, the Olympics in Athens in 1896, mm. and he was plagued by seasickness on the boat trip over there. But on the opening day of the games, he won his first race, which was an 1800 meters heat, to, and he qualified for the final. And a day later, he beat American favorite Arthur Blake in the 1500 in the final to win gold. What? And then 800 meters the day after, he won the final. Um, they called him the Lion of Athens. He also competed in the marathon and he led with 10 kilometres to go before passing out. <laughs> um, I think the seasickness and the Scurvy. wind really got to him. After um, doing too many things. <laughs> he was then placed third in the men's double tennis. So this guy what? kind of just did everything. Yeah. Um, you know my favourite story about how when he collapsed, <laughs> apparently a, uh, a spectator came to try and help him up and he punched the spectator. <laughs> almost won a boxing medal as well. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to remember, though, back then there was a lot less people. Oh, way less people. There was only about 400 people in the whole world. So everybody <laughs> was doing a lot of things. But yeah, everybody Ed, was competing. Edwin Flack left with two golds and a bronze, uh, wow. which is pretty impressive, and seasickness. So That's not a bad debut, is that's, it? That's yeah. a pretty good uh, debut. That's very, very good. All right, well, let's move on to our next category, which is the most shocking debut that led to a great career. Mm. Um, <laughs> Barty, we might as well start with you again. What do yeah. you got? I, look, I don't know if it's a shocking debut or it's just an underwhelming debut that didn't really indicate what was coming. Shane Warne, 1992. Mm. Uh, he debuted against India at the SCG. Um, basically, uh, 45 overs, ended up with one for 150. Uh, not exactly covering himself in glory. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen highlights for that. It was There was quite a few <laughs> just half-trackers. And, uh, I mean, the wicket he did get to was a um, – he got the wicket of Ravi Shastri, um, who at that stage had only made 206. Yeah. And it was oh, a pretty tired slog over cover that he got <laughs> caught in the deep. It wasn't even like a, you know, he your classic show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I got my 200. I'm throwing the bat here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was one of those things because he was hyped coming into it too because he, he hadn't played a lot of um, matches. I think he played 11 first-class matches um, maybe. And uh, he'd, he'd come in, the, this new young leg spinner that was the big hype. And I remember at the time just being like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Wow, he doesn't look like I would have thought he looked, mm. like he was just, he was a young sort of mulleted just, you know, who is this kid? Yeah. And uh, I just remember at the time thinking that was incredibly underwhelming. I don't think we'll see this kid again. And he and got dropped, didn't he? Yeah, he got dropped, um, you know, because the calls were around, bring back Peter Taylor. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Who was the previous incumbent. Um, but, yeah, went on to a decent career, I think you can say. Yeah, not bad. 700 wickets, uh, ball of the century, pretty well, much. Warning tells a story that when he got the call up, he flew up to Sydney because it was a Sydney test, right? Mm. And the night before, they uh, this, the cricket team hired out the rooftop of, I think, what was the Glenmore Hotel? What is the Glenmore now? And basically David Boone and um, Jeffrey Marsh tried to get Warney as pissed as they could and they got him to the point where he was legless. So the next day, which was the one day of training before the <laughs> test match, he was spewing at training. He was dropping highballs. They were running him around. So I'm guessing... That hangover was still lasting because I, I mean that age hangovers they last forever. <laughs> well, he never drank again after that. No, that's we all right. know that. <laughs> Turned it all around. Yeah, he became a professional. Hasn't cricket changed? Isn't oh, it? Hasn't it? Isn't it? Unbelievable. Like just and um, just the the going back and watching the just the look of those cricketers. Just there, there's none of this. Oh, we need to be super fit and good looking. There's just we're just blokes. Yeah, we've gone out. We got drunk. We're here two days later. Um, Let's see what we can do. Warning. All right, what do you got for us, Nick? Who have you I got? I don't think you're going to like this guy I'm bringing up. Um, it's uh, Don Bradman. Um, is, is Never the, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. So um, his first test versus England, 1928-29, that season, great season. Um, he was picked as being pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was he? A young hope to inspire the ages. Um, and uh, he was a young guy in the team. And uh, he went out there um, and he did pretty well. He ran out Jock, um, he said Jack Hobbs. And he, it says here he's fielding like a 1920s Jaunty Rhodes. So he's probably smoking at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, his batting figures was 18 and 1. And, like, listen, I know Jeet Ravel would love to have those kind of figures. <laughs> but um, 18 and 1 was pretty disappointing. And he actually went out um, and uh, – so in the second second innings, we got out for 1. The whole team were bowled out for 66. And um, Bradman <laughs> became the scapegoat and he was the 12th man. He got dropped for the second test. So they dropped Warney and they dropped Bradman. Yeah. This is the thing. You want a so good career. That's the key. You yeah. want to get dropped second match. Get dropped second match. That's it. Bradman, yeah, he went on to do all right, didn't he? He was mm. 19 at the time. That's how he picked, wasn't he? Two best cricketers, arguably, of all time, wouldn't it yeah. be? Then it'd have to be. Yeah. There, there are two that are in the. Alan Border would be up there. Mate, no way. They're, they're, they're t- the Ponting. top five. Um, the top five, Wisden top five cricketers of... Uh, Are both in there. Yeah, they're both yeah. in there. Man, Bruce Reed's in there, isn't he? Bruce Reed, yeah. <laughs> so I, I prefer... I, look, I, I like the work of Bill Tiger O'Reilly. Um, right. Personally. Uh, he was he was a, like a post-war uh, leg... Sp- um, who am I telling? Look at you, Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But my... Uh, Mine was um, – you don't guys, guys don't mind if I do a horse rather than a human, do you? You do. <laughs> yeah, go. Do it any horse. <laughs> sorry, you sorry. You're going to have to rephrase that whole button, sentence. But, it's not a human that's a horse. It's a. It's just a horse that's a horse. <laughs> By do, you oh, mean of talk course, about. Of course, of course. Talk about. Uh, <laughs> Kingston Town. Um, that Ke- well, sorry, go again. Kingston Town. Oh, Kingston Town. Okay. Yes. Uh, what's, um, what's this? Oh, actually, a Kiwi horse. It's not a Kiwi horse, is it? Are you claiming it? Far lap. No, it might be related to me. Um, the only one that we really <laughs> care about. Kingston Town obviously went on to become uh, one of the greatest racehorses of all time. Won 21 races um, from as many starts. Um, Caulfield Cup um, held 11 Group 1 races at one stage. Anyway, amazing horse. When it was two years old, it debuted and lost its first race by 100 metres to the horse that came second last. <laughs> Which so last, last, last by a hundred meters, meters to the next in the yes, field. Yes, and I, I believe the next race had started, and they went past him. So <laughs> absolutely terrible. Then what happened was he got his nuts cut off. So he gelded, gel- gelded and then right. came back as a gelding, yeah. and then nobody could stop him because story is apparently once his mind was focused on racing rather than boning, he just. But is that how? I just want to know how big were the nuts that they were causing him that much. Or he's like a horse. That's a... He was hung like a horse because he's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? If it's slowing you down that much, what is it? Wind oh, resistance? Were they no, banging on his I back? I think it's because he's running and he, he's oh. just looking at every other horse. Looking around at the, like, around the mounting yard that. down. Exactly. Speaking of mounting. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because in many ways it's the reverse of Tiger Woods. <laughs> because yeah. the Tiger was great when he could use his nuts. Yes. And then obviously... Got gelded. Yeah, when his wife removed them. Mm. Yeah. Couldn't play. Yeah. And now, well, who knows what's going on now. Wins sometimes, loses sometimes. Here's another reason I want to bring it up. If I offered to you blokes, I said, look, mm. I can make you, I can guarantee that you will be the next Roger Federer or, you know, the next uh, LeBron James or, or the next... Um, Danny, Danny Morrison. Danny Morrison. <laughs> if, if you let me... <laughs> Just cut like off your nuts. A part-time PE teacher. <laughs> if you let me cut off your nuts, I can guarantee it. All the fame, the glory, you're the best. Would you cut off your nuts? Okay, first question. Yes. Do you have to do the cutting off? Uh, it's can a part I get of the a... guarantee. It's a part of the contract. Is it a surgical procedure yeah. or are you just whipping them off? I'm doing it the same way they do it to horses. Yeah, also, is uh, okay. this... Bricks. Also, is this a, t- is this a tested <laughs> promise as well? It's not just you saying it. <laughs> well, Nick, if we're getting that deep into it, it's not gonna actually going to happen. Oh, okay, hey, all right, sorry. This is what we call in Australia the... a hypothetical. Do you have them in your middle? Look, guarantee you'll be the greatest male soprano this country's ever seen. <laughs> There's that going with it. I um, would, without a doubt... Get them cut off. You get them cut off. I would be. I would like to be guaranteed to look and perform like Kelly Slater, uh, a professional. What's server? the point of but looking like Kelly Slater? It's if exactly you've got no the nuts. exactly the thought I just had. Why be devilishly handsome if you you're not going to spread that around? Okay. The other thing is you'll have to be taking obviously testosterone injections. Yep. For the rest of your life. I reckon it's what just it, to bring it down. Yeah, it depends on what age. I reckon. Yeah. What age? 
what age? Like now you'd be happy well, to do could, it. Could, you're married, you've got kids. Could, could I come What's back? the point of them anyway? <laughs> well, if you're going to promise me that much and it works that well, I'll come back at you at 60. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I see what you've done, Nick. No, it's now. It's now. It's actually on this podcast. On this podcast. Yeah. Would you do it That's now? why you've got those scissors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'd go yes. Something to think about. Tommy. Yeah, yes. Most shocking debut that led to a great career, mate. What do you got? So my one is uh, a little bit more sort of uh, home. He's one of Fox Sports' favourite sons. Yes. Uh, works at Fox Brendan Footy. Julian. Brendan Julian. <laughs> uh, no, it's John O'Brown. Jonathan oh, Brown from the Brisbane Lions. Um, he was drafted number 30 in the 1999 uh, AFL draft. It was a father-son rule. Uh, his uh, his dad played for Fitzroy, I believe. So he um, he was picked up when the the Brisbane Lions were formed. He in his debut he had zero kicks, zero handballs, and one tackle. So literally, a guy who played at half forward <laughs> and sometimes drifted into full forward did not touch the football. He just tackled <laughs> one person that had the football, and basically. The Brisbane Lions ended up winning by 30 points over the Adelaide Crows. Oh, God, so it's not like you can even crows. say the ball was just down the other end of the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not like they had a problem with inside 50s. He just didn't provide any inside 50s for that team whatsoever. However, he obviously all, we all know where he, where he went to after that. He became one of the greatest Lions of all time. Kicked 594 goals. He was an All-Australian, Coleman medalist and three-time premiership star. But he started off his career as one of the great forwards in AFL history by making one tackle. I can just imagine him just running around just going, pass it to me, guys. Yeah, pass it to me. I mean. And then going, guys. oh, my God, this brown guy will <laughs> shut you know, up. You know what I like to think about is somewhere out there there's an Adelaide Crows defender who played on him that game. Oh, yeah. He's going, yeah, he's not all that good. You know? I don't know what the fuss was. Mate, I'll give you nothing. Yeah, one tackle. What a what – a, what a, mate, he, I don't know what the fuss was. Yeah. It's funny, too, because when he came through, he was supposed to be the next um, the Wayne Carey, um, but he never really – like, got the same sort of stats. Like, he hasn't slept with any teammates, wives <laughs> um, in the bathroom at uh, at anything. Like, there's no off-field stuff with John O'Brown, which has made the disappointing thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, he used the laundry for what the laundry is meant to be used for. He's just – he used the dryer for the dryer. And nothing on top of Mate, it. How much information do you have on this Wayne yeah. Carey oh, thing? The Wayne Every Carey time we bring it up, you always bring up another household appliance. I was working, I was, <laughs> I was working for a catering company. Uh, you would have been the boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no way you're picking up plates. Um, all right, let's move on. Next category. Amazing debut that led to an amazing career. Gosh, this is going to be exciting. Barney, who have you got? I'm going to take you back to 1949, the VFL. Can you set the, like, like what's happened? Post-war. Uh, post-war. Uh, you know, Melbourne's, uh, Melbourne's doing well. <laughs> uh, the baby boomers in full swing. Ah. Mm. Uh, Melbourne is, uh, the, the, the people are loving getting out, watching their footy. And uh, on the scene uh, pops a 20-year-old by the name of John Coleman, debuts for Essendon on debut. 12 goals against Hawthorne, um, including a goal with his first ever kick in the AF, in the VFL, I should say. Wow. So, so catches it, kicks it, that's it. Yep. That's first goal, um, 12, 12 for the game. Went on to kick uh, 100 goals for the season. Um, won a premiership that year, so not a bad uh, bad debut year. Um, and, uh, yeah, went on to have a great career. Was one of the 12 initial uh, inductees to legend status in the AFL Hall of Fame when they brought that around in 96. Now, the interesting thing was he had actually been training with the Essendon side for the previous three years. He'd gone to pre-season training and they said, you're too young, mate, you're too young, go back and play for your uh, club side. Oh. I think for his club side the year before, in one match he kicked 23 goals or something. So, fairly good goal kicker. <laughs> <laughs> but the, can you imagine the coach after that? He goes out to finally to booze after three years of uh, coming in and training with him. And uh, he goes out, kicks 12 goals. The coach sitting there going, yeah, yeah, no. Glad we didn't debut him last year. <laughs> Might only started with nine. <laughs> Timed it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he the reason why the Coleman medal was named the Coleman medal for the he most is. goals kicked in a season? He, I uh, think, no, 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 that's after Gary Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> John O'Coleman, the entertainment um, yeah, Different Coleman. He was named after the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? I've picked uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, yes. Um, 
uh, Wilt the Stilt, the Big Dipper. Yeah. Um, obviously, amazing basketball player. Still regarded and by swordsman. Many, and swordsman. And swordsman. Oh. And regarded by many still as the best player of all time. Right. Um, he, his debut game, he scored 43 points and pulled down 28 rebounds. For all you basketballers out there, that is amazing stats. He, that's a solid double-double. It is, but Barney. The, sound like a bloke that's never played. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> read that once in a magazine. What was his assists, mate? Well, yeah. How many assists did he get? What about this? What is an assist? Yeah, That's <laughs> where you pass it to the bloke who scored. Oh, damn it. You're yes. Uh, how how many timeouts did he have? Um, <laughs> two. Um, how many swishes? Oh, <laughs> how many <man>. swishes? <laughs> as soon as somebody says any swishes. <laughs> how many swishes? Oh, how many fadeaways did he do? Oh. Anyway, finished that season averaging 30. 37.6 points per game and 27 rebounds. Only man in NBA history to finish a season averaging over 35 points and 20 rebounds. Yeah. He's done it seven times. Wow. So amazing basketballer. But mm. I do bring him up for another reason. And Barney, you've alluded to this. He is – I've heard this story, but I've never actually done the research into it. He is um, credited – I don't know if it's a credit, uh. but he is uh, – it's been reported that he slept with over 20,000 women in his life. Which, um, I mean, Tommy, you're a little bit behind with zero. <laughs> you need to get off the mark. What are the maths on that? Well, thank you. They mm. actually did the math. So right. I always thought it was just a toss-up. They yeah. did the math. Okay. So they <laughs> well, went he's in. not doing that. He's not tossing the He's not the opposite. He doesn't have time for that. No. So <laughs> what he used to do, Chamberlain used to document his love life in a personal calendar. So like a little uh, Like diary. an advent calendar. Like an advent calendar. <laughs> like a little diary. Open the box, get a chocolate. <laughs> and he would put a tick every time that he slept with a woman. Um, so what they did was they went in and they studied 10 days of him. Right. Uh, I don't know who it was that studied. Maybe the Pons Institute. I'm not sure yeah. who's doing the study. As long this. as we get our best scientists on <laughs> That's right. These are the best scientists. They studied a 10-day period where there was 23 checks in the book, which is 2.3 women per day. That's, that's a good number. I want to know what the point three is. <laughs> like, what does that qualify? Well, he was too busy rebounding. <laughs> so he then went, they spoke to him about that and said, look, obviously that might have been a particularly good week. Yeah, Let's sure. halve it. Okay. So said actually, let's I halve it to 11.5 11. 11. per week. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah. And then if you do – so then they did the maths on that, which is they basically times that by the number of days he'd been alive minus 15 years. Which means they counted it from the age of 16. So at the age of 16, he was sleeping with 11.5 women a week. Which when I was 16, if I spoke to a woman on the bus, yeah. I'd have to get off the cleaner. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah, was... Yeah. Ticking the book. I couldn't talk to women. <laughs> he, he was doing he was also seven foot. He was also seven foot at the age of 16 probably as well. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, anyway, I those are incredible fascinating. Numbers. Now, are they... Now, is... Was he putting a tick in? Like, has he had one lover a numerous amount of times, or are they? Oh, uh, yeah. Is he are we married? talking individual? Uh, he wasn't married. <laughs> is he married? <laughs> yeah, he's Paul, he's probably Paul married Wood. with those <laughs> numbers. No, no. I just uh, no. It, it was. Uh, I don't know if the ticks represented the same. I don't think that's important. Questions in here. I just read this on Wikipedia. What know. did the squares mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, just, wow. I found it fascinating That's that they fascinating. actually, like, went and documented it and did the maths on it. How? I reckon the number would be bigger than its recorded number. I'd well, imagine. Oh, it I'll, would be. Yeah. I reckon I'll wilt the, wilt the stilt and had a couple of orgies in there as well, I'd imagine. I think you'd need a stilt after <laughs> yeah. that well, many Well, I think an orgy was a star. Oh, uh, okay. Did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he did a star system. <laughs> Five stars was like a, the whole house is an orgy. He's, uh, actually, when this came out, he was the first uh, first uh, athlete to be sponsored by Gatorade personally too. Yeah. <laughs> Just for his sex life. Just yeah. for hydration. Yeah. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Yeah, he was son. staminated at the court with Gatorade at home. Um, all right, let's – who have you got there, Tommy? For um, amazing oh, debut that led to an amazing career. I've got uh, one, of, one of rugby league's favourite sons, Andrew Joey Johns, mm. who in his debut in 1994, round one against South – he um he had a brilliant. This was his first not first debut, first starting debut. I went a little, got a little technical. He scored two tries, seven goals, and a field goal for twenty three points. Newcastle Knights ended up winning the game forty three fourteen. He was described as being simply, uh, simply sublime and mercurial, 
and now he's gone on to be considered, well, probably one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Five Origin Shields, two Premierships, two World Cups. I mean, Dalian player a thousand times. I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. Before Barney does, we don't want to hear about Newcastle, Barney. Yeah. If you start talking about oh, how you grew up Nathan. there oh, and how you oh, love it and you met him once. I've had so many pure blondes with Nathan Tinkler. <laughs> Nathan Tinkler is persona non gratis, <laughs> <laughs> which is Latin for piss off, you fat billionaire. <laughs> um, I saw Joey recently. Oh, and, did you? Um, it was out somewhere. And um, I, I knew that he was there with his brother Matt and I said, uh, hey, Joey, is your, is your brother Matt here? And he said, no, nah, he's a wanker. So that was the whole <laughs> classic eight. So, yeah, the yeah. classic eight. So can he come out and play or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going up to the milk bar. All right, well, we've got one. We've only got one category left, mm. um, and it's everybody's favourite. It's the terrible debut, and the person was never heard of again. Sadly, yeah, buddy. I- I uh, I got a I got a couple here um, just because I couldn't split it. But my favourite I think of recent times would have to be uh, Jared Hayne in the NFL. Um, he went over there. It was much hyped. They were making a documentary. It was all uh, yeah all going to happen. He was going to be the man who uh, mm. who defied um, all the odds. Um, dropped the ball on his first kick return, first ever touch in the NFL. He uh, he dropped the ball. Ended up playing eight games, seventeen carries for a total of fifty two yards rushing, which I think Tommy will tell you is uh, an average of three point one yards per carry. Tommy, you're the NFL guy. Is that good? Um, it seems a little light to me. I think that's a little light on, to be to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what Chip Kelly was thinking bringing him in in the first place, but um, mm, his, his career as a head football coach in the NFL didn't last much longer than Jared Haynes. So. <laughs> Funny, no. uh, apparently that documentary they were making on him then ended up being evidence. So. <laughs> I was going to say, because amongst his stats, he uh, eight punt returns, 9.5 par, uh, yards per return, and one sexual assault allegation settled out of court. So uh, that... Yeah. Um, oh, you were so, careful with that. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my other one, if you'll... Get, am I allowed to, know, to throw in a couple of honourable mentions? Oh, here? Sure. yes, of course. Um, my other honourable mention, uh, Ellen Nordegren. Does everyone remember Ellen Nordegren? Her, her golf debut. Oh. She's Tiger oh. Woods' ex-wife. I was say, great she chat played show. golf as well. Well, she had a go with a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed two windows in, <laughs> a, uh, in an Escalade. Um, but ended up with $100 million out of that. So uh, that's yeah, not a bad, that's a not a bad uh, debut for a short career. It's a technically a uh, highest paid uh, woman professional sports player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. And my other one, um, uh, Eric the Earl. Sydney 2000 Olympics, uh, 100 metres freestyle. uh, Eric, uh, representing Equatorial Guinea, um, goes out and uh, he won his heat um, because the other two blokes false started (laughs) um, with a time for the 100 metres of 1 minute 52.72. Now, Professor, you you like to swim. I do, I'm a swimmer. Do you reckon you you could chase down Eric? Yeah. Yeah. He had flippers on too, did he? Yeah. <laughs> and he was an eel. But it was, <laughs> you know who I feel bad for is the two blokes in the heat that looked at him and thought, oh, I'm going to need every little bit of edge I can so get here. To go early. So, so false <laughs> 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 You could have waited 45 seconds and dived in. You still would have beat him. <laughs> yeah. would you but in all honesty, it, it was one of the best moments of that Olympics. It was. My favourite fact about he it too is it was the it. first time when he walked in there, it's the first time. He'd seen an Olympic swimming-sized swimming pool. He'd been training in a lake in Equatorial Guinea and had access to a 12-metre pool at a hotel oh, that he could only use between God. 6 and 7 a.m. That's before the I, guests I, were I was going to say, I wasn't sure he's actually going to get there. No. Towards no. The it could have been the first His drowning. Legs were sinking. Yeah. Well, this is, this is actually a good story because I followed, I did a little bit of research on what happened after that. He, by Athens in 2004, he got his personal best for the 100 metres down to 56.9 <laughs> a, That is a good... Which that's, is a very good really time, good. considering the world record was about 47 at the time. So that's – you're at <laughs> least crap. up there. He's 12 seconds yeah. still. Yeah, but hang on, he's lap. just improved his – Because he's an Olympic he's time. He's yeah. under 10 seconds behind. And, yeah, b- b- behind the world record. Oh, it's the Peter world record. Uh, yeah. um, he set that at the 2000 Olympics in the Jeez, semifinal. But good. Um, but then wasn't allowed to compete because he tried to get into Athens. There was a visa bungle, couldn't get into the country. Oh, mate. Oh, See? 
Wow. But he is, I believe, went on to be the head coach of Equatorial Guinea's swimming team. So. AKA, it's just him. <laughs> <laughs> Coaching himself. Coach and player. Give, give himself a, a chat mirror, before he... Uh, you can do this. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Nick. Yes. Let's go, mate. Terrible uh, the person ter- was never heard of again. So I'm going to go for... This is a tricky one because it's hard to have this, such a famous debut that went so wrong versus never to be heard of again. But I'm going to go for um, Chris Martin. Uh, Coldplay. Uh, Coldplay. Coldplay. Yeah. They yeah. had that one single yellow. Yeah. And then, uh, we never heard of them again. The album Parachutes was a <laughs> terrible debut. <laughs> but they went on to. Um, no, Chris Martin, the uh, New Zealand, uh, he's, he's been rated as the worst um, test cricket batsman ever. Right. Really? So basically um, he was legendary for his, his poor batting. Um, he's only he's only reached double figures once against Bangladesh in 2008. That's the one that Gillespie got a double done. <laughs> 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 um, he retained or basically they released a DVD called "Learn to Bat Like Chris Martin" and it was like a parody um, thing and it sold really well in New Zealand and I think our New Zealand openers bought it. It's like so you so step away from the. Bo- Anyway, um, so he's. This is how bad his batting was, is that he had two really good shots against Mitchell Johnson and uh, Harbhajan Singh, and that's what he was. He remembers that, and he talks about that. So he had two. He's now shots on the speaking ones. tour. He's, yeah, where he had two really good shots, where he hit them for four, <laughs> and um, respectively, and uh, for the most part, he was absolutely hopeless. Um, he. He didn't have the most ducks. Kearney Walsh had the, uh, the most ducks, but only because he didn't play as many tests. Um, but his average um, was two. Was he picked as a batsman? No, he was one of the... He's like literally... He only retired like about three or four years ago. He's one of the few people that in this day and age is really a... Spe- like a He's a specialised player. <laughs> like he was only picked for his bowling. Um, so his bowling was good. But Weirdly, he was a wicketkeeper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> slash, slash account. Yeah. <laughs> really good numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, no, he was yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, uh, I'm going to go with Ali Dali, which... Uh, Ali Dali. Ali Dali. You may have heard this story. It's uh, He's known as the Southampton fraud. He... Um, basically, he convinced the manager of Southampton, a guy called... Graham Soonis, that he was the nephew of African footballing great George Weir. So he just lied and said, because I'm related to this guy, put me in. Ended up going, basically training with Southampton. They started going, well, what's the go with this? Then they put him into a game. He played just 22 minutes on the pitch. He touched it 13 times. Sorry, he he turned it over 13 out of 16 times. Basically the worst player to ever play in the English Premier League. Um, and then he was released from his contract but managed to earn a contract with Gateshead. Jeez. His uncle must have been so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, and just for those out there going, why did Gateshead pick him up? Um, well, Gateshead is it's regard, widely regarded in Europe as the worst city to exist in. <laughs> it is no true civilization could have produced such a town, which is better, nothing better than a huge... Dingy dormitory. That's how it's described. Um, It has been described as being designed by an enemy of the human race. (laughs) So that's how bad it is because no one wants to go there to play football for him. So obviously old uh, Ali Dali went there. Not bad though, is it? Just a lie. Well, that's it. But that's the the thing. Like what do you... What do you hope to achieve with that? Like, because eventually you're going to have to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just hope your ability kicks in. You're like, it's coming. I know it's coming. He I'm also lied this. about a lot more. Like, he lied that he was in, like, the Paris Saint-Germain, like, yeah. cat squad, that he scored 13 goals for his country. Didn't specify what country either. So he's like, I just scored 13 goals for my country and just where, left it at that. Where do you live? <laughs> uh, that's not important. The other thing is this was, this wasn't, this was in 1996. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't that ago. hard to pick up the phone and say, Harry, Paris, St. Germain. Yeah. Do you know this bloke? They just didn't pick up the phone. Literally four years before you could have just done it all on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you still probably could have found it on the internet. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Now, you want to finish this off here, Tommy? I've got one in a very similar vein, uh, but it happened at home. It was in, in Australia. Uh, an American by the name of Greg Smith came over to 
to try his hand at rugby league again for um, Barney's shitty Newcastle Knights. Um, Come on. He, in 1999, he uh, essentially just hoodwinked the Newcastle Knights into picking him as a, as a, as a rugby league player. He, he claimed that he played for the Philadelphia Eagles as a running back. Yeah. Um, and then they actually subsequently investigated after his terrible debut and, and found that the Philadelphia Eagles had never heard of the bloke. Um, but, he, yeah, he went on. He, um, he, he dropped the ball multiple times, missed seven tackles, let in two tries, and the Canterbury team that they were versing came back from 24 to 4 down to win 28 26. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks to Greg Smith. Um, but yeah, Smith went on to play in the Metropolitan Cup for West for a couple of weeks. And then, <laughs> and then even they got the shits with him and said that he wasn't good enough. So he went back to play in the, um, he play, went back to play in an American rugby league competition for a while. Yeah. But yeah, shortest NRL career ever, they reckon. He got, uh, he got taken off the field after like saying like 23, 24. Wow. That's how good the Newcastle Knights of that era were. They were like, yeah, who gives a shit? We'll throw anyone out there. What's the worst sport to do that in? Like to be exposed, like to lie to get well, to Well, league's a, a bad one. Yeah, because you, you get your get... head bashed in. in yeah. That's, that's f- any, any contact sport. I you, feel you like go. an individual sport's got to be worse, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're going, Australian Open. Yeah. You're, 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 Roger, Roger Federer first round. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm really good at golf. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mate. Welcome to the Masters. What about yeah. the clean and jerk rolling. at the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw, throw 220 on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 10 yeah. metre platform. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, what, about, what about Winter Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the ski jump. <laughs> oh, it's Off much bigger up here. <laughs> yeah, or the moguls. Oh, God. Oh, God. What are those bumps? Oh, what the only, hell are the bumps? I've only been used to 10 metre jumps in my in my hotel. Eddie <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, like, I was jumping on my bed and thought it was a good idea. Oh, God. All right, well, that's it. Um, you know, if you're sitting at home and you think you've got a better example, then go onto our socials. Um, it's all at Professor on Fox. So that's for Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Professor on Fox and pitch in there. Tell us what we got wrong um, and how we could improve and if you've got a better example. Um, Also, go on and give us a rating um, and we might read you out at the start of next week's instead of the Indian Home Diner, although (laughs) very good. It could be one of our other favourite fast food restaurants. (laughs) That is. All right, now to finish off, guys, where do you think this podcast debut places. Why don't we bring in um, Filthy Phil. Mm. This is Phil's doing the sounds today. Phil, mm. would you please hey say hello, Phil? How are we? That was a great show, by the way. A, a great debut, I'm going to say. Ooh. So, amazing debut that leads to an amazing career or amazing debut <laughs> and the four of us are never heard of again? What uh, do you think some of us have lied to get here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We didn't check your credentials yeah. in New Zealand. Did you have check you, his? Have you noticed sometimes he sounds Australian? <laughs> What's the accent on? Yeah, yeah, I have noticed. All right, uh, well, that's it. That's the Professor and Barney podcast. Uh, tune in next week when Tommy will have another stupid topic. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs>